Who's telling the truth? All of these various voices, including God's voice, shape us and inform our life. And our faith task is to dial in and lean towards the source, the authentic divine voice, and listen intently, and then to act out of that, out of what we're hearing there from God's voice. But I found it's a little bit like the chicken and the egg when it comes to listening. Does your hearing shape your reality or does your reality shape what you think you hear? And it filters everything. You see, a heart grounded in fear is going to shape your hearing and your living. If what you hear is a lot of doom and a lot of negative speak and a lot of fear, well, that's going to shape you. And you're going to start to try to control things that you really can't control. God alone is great, so we don't have to be in control, but we certainly try. We certainly do. Welcome to the Everyday Disciple Podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors probably forgot to tell you. And now, here's your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Okay, here we go. Good to be with you. Can't wait to get started. Another episode of the Everyday Disciple Podcast. You know, it's probably been a few episodes since I talked about my grandkids. Woo! Do I do I do that a lot? Do I do it too much? I don't know. I probably just with friends. I don't know. It's unlimited photos. My phone is full. I have millions. Patton and Remy, two of our grandkids from Kristen and Daniel. Patton's our oldest. Remy's our only granddaughter. Uh, they spent the weekend with Tina and I uh, while their parents were doing a little vacation. Why? Wow. So much fun and so much work. I got to take Patton on his first ferry ride out here in Pacific Northwest in the Puget Sound. There's places like islands that you can only go to on ferries. And so Patton had seen ferries and he told me a few weeks ago, I've always wanted to do that my whole life. You know, he's four and a half. So anyway, we took our first ferry ride. It was beautiful and sunny and we got to do all kinds of fun stuff over there and see people clamming and dig up shells. And he had the biggest cookie I've ever seen in my life. So much fun. And so many good conversations with these little kids, especially, I mean, Remy's not talking yet, but Patton does. And now that he's got a memory, because like he'll recall things, you know, he's four and a half, so he's got a memory, he'll recall things. And uh, like, remember when we did this, Grandpa? Remember when I, you said this? Whatever? And he's got an opinion on everything, of course. But uh, so fun. Wow. And I am happy to report that Grandpa, that's me, is still their favorite. Yay. Sorry, Grandma. No, actually, uh, it's pretty even, I think, these days. But we, Tina and I, like to have a little fun with whoever the kids seem to be most attached to <laughs> and wanting to hang with. I would say this is true. Tina would agree if she was sitting here. Remy right now is definitely Grandpa's favorite. She is all about Grandpa. So. Hey, uh, would you join us over on Facebook, the Everyday Disciple group that's over there? You can search that up, Everyday Disciple Podcast, or you can go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash Facebook. That'll take you there very easily. And if you're already signed into Facebook, it'll take you straight into the group. And if you're interested in learning uh, a full framework for discipleship and mission in everyday life, where the gospel touches down and speaks into everything, and it's natural 
to include your kids and neighbors and make disciples that way, I would love to tell you a little bit about the coaching that Tina and I offer. And I would just say, hey, let's set up a short Zoom call so we can get to know each other better, tell you about the coaching and mentorship, and answer any questions you have. You can find out a lot more about that and even set up a little call. There's a a page with a video and a bunch of details and a little form, everydaydisciple.com forward slash coaching. If you go there, everydaydisciple.com forward slash coaching, you'll learn a lot and we can get connected. I would love to do that. All right. Before I forget, there's going to be another something to think about segment. That was a a new segment that I debuted on the podcast a couple episodes back, and I'll have a new something to think about at the end today, right after our big three. So I've been thinking about doing a media fast, not like a full-blown turn everything off in the whole world, go dark. I, I really can't given how much connection we have online with people we're coaching and all that and all, but a media fast in the sense, getting real discerning about turning off certain stations, streams of social media that I want to avoid certain networks on television I just can't handle anymore. I want to see what it'd be like to turn down all the noise. Would would life be better, easier, less negative maybe all the time? I've done little mini tests and it seems like it could have that effect. And thinking about all this made me wonder, could it be that what we believe and have labeled as relational problems or emotional and spiritual problems are actually hearing problems now track with me here like what we're hearing what we're listening to problems maybe that's where all that really comes from are we hearing impaired when it comes to the voice of god but we hear lots and lots of other voices and that's what's dominant in our in our heads in our hearts maybe we've all gone a bit deaf from the negative self-talk or outside voices of doom that don't let god get a word in edgewise can you relate to this Maybe you've listened to a voice of criticism so long that you can't believe anything else about yourself. Or maybe it's the enemy's voice, a voice of condemnation that speaks lies about who you really are. And this past year, with all of its historic changes and challenges, has not made any of this easier or better for us. That's why I'm thinking about turning some of it off, refocusing a bit. Now, every day, you and I, Everyone hears a lot of diverse voices, so many, so many disagreeing or discordant voices, and it gets overwhelming. There are a lot of voices out there making noise, vying for our attention, and then add to that, we've got a lot of voices in our own heads. Yeah, just stuff from our past and parents and like you know, negative self-talk and something someone said at work or why did she, you know, right, all that stuff, we're full of it. How do we discern what voice to listen to, which voice to follow? Are we even aware of which and whose voices are most dominant in our lives? I think it's kind of easy to go for a lifetime and not realize that the dominant voice or voices in your head have not been positive. They've not been helpful. They've not certainly been God's. There are voices out there telling you who you are, what you should want, who you should be, what you should look like, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, what you should think, telling you to get woker, all that. There are voices telling us to do this, don't do that, you're too fat, too skinny, you'll never amount to much, you're a sinner, you don't measure up, you're crazy. 
Here, take these drugs. That'll help. You're wrong. They're right. There are voices telling us to believe this, buy this, drive that, wear this, go there. You get my point. Are you listening to voices on the news or to an endless ocean of websites and conspiracy theory posts and articles? Maybe celebrities you like shape how you see yourself in the world around you. Which one gets to describe reality? Who's telling the truth? All of these various voices, including God's voice, shape us and inform our life. And our faith task is to dial in and lean towards the source, the authentic divine voice, and listen intently, and then to act out of that, out of what we're hearing there from God's voice. But I found it's a little bit like the chicken and the egg when it comes to listening. Does your hearing shape your reality or does your reality shape what you think you hear? And it filters everything. You see, a heart grounded in fear is going to shape your hearing and your living. If what you hear is a lot of doom and a lot of negative speak and a lot of fear, well, that's going to shape you. And you're going to start to try to control things that you really can't control. God alone is great, so we don't have to be in control, but we certainly try. We certainly do. See, a heart grounded in suspicion is going to make us skeptical of everything we hear. And it'll shape your outlook. You'll have trust issues. And this is where indifference starts to kick in, if that's what we're listening to. A heart grounded in self, like in other words, mostly me, I listen to me and I do what's right in my own eyes kind of thing, is going to filter all the voices it hears in sort of a what's in it for me filter. You know what I mean? Like um, everything is about me getting ahead, what people think of me. How's that going? Am I going to get the credit? Am I going to get a raise? Is this going to go well for me? Maybe uh, that even determines how I talk about others, all of that. I've heard it said, the voice you believe will determine the future you experience. Yeah. The voice you believe will determine the future you experience. And I think it also determines our presence. And for too many of us, for too long, it's also determined our past. What voice do you hear? Whose voice are you really listening to and following? In the book of John, Jesus' buddy, the beloved one, in chapter 10, verses 27, 28, says, Jesus says this, my sheep listen to my voice. Are you one of his sheep? He says, I know them and they know me, they follow me. I give them eternal life and they'll never perish. That, 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 that term eternal life is, is really not so much about our afterlife as a life of shalom, a life of peace, a life of fullness, a life of trust now. That's what eternal life is. And it's never ending. But we don't have to wait for it. My sheep listen to my voice, Jesus said, and I know them. and I'll give them eternal life, this richness of life, this peace, this joy, and they'll never perish. Are we first and foremost as Christians hearing Jesus' voice and allowing his life and his spirit to filter all the other voices out there? Are we interpreting all other voices based on what we hear Jesus saying? Or are we letting other voices shape how we interpret what God may be saying to us? See, that, that, that flips. We want to be interpreting everything else through what Jesus says and his words and ways 
and what we hear him saying, not the other way around. And so often there is so much negative speak and talk and not God's opinion and view on how the world works that that's constant. So then when we read scripture or we pray, we go, well, that, nah, I don't, I don't agree with that. I couldn't do that. That must be wrong. That must be a contradiction or whatever. Are we interpreting and filtering everything else through what Jesus says and what he says to us? Or is it the other way around? When you pray, when you listen to God, do you hear a voice of love and acceptance? I hope so. God's waiting to tell you how much he loves you. That's so huge. You know, how often do we need to be reminded that we're completely and utterly loved? And God sees you as his dearly loved son or daughter. Can you hear that too often? Would once a day be just enough or <laughs> or once a year or, you know? But if you hear the voice of love and believe it's true for you, and you filter life that way, then you will share this love and grace with others. And you'll start to introduce others to that voice. Compare that to so much of what we hear in the media. Does most of what we hear in the media sound like the voice of love? What about this? Do you hear, when you speak to God, a voice of hospitality? That you're welcome in God's family, just as you are? There's nothing you have to do to measure up, add up, add to his love, earn it, that there's a place for you at God's table? If that's the voice you hear from God, then you'll look to make room for others and treat everyone like family. We talked a lot about that on the last episode. When you listen to God, do you hear a voice of generosity? That you've been given a wonderful gift of life, life eternal, and that you've had God's own creativity poured into you and his power, his spirit now dwells in you. You're alive. You're gifted. Just because you bear the image of God, you now share his authority and power and creativity. Are you hearing that? Are you listening and following and being generous, not only with money, but with your time, with your talent, with your joy and laughter and yourself with others? the way God is and what he speaks to you? Are you hearing his voice of generosity? What voice do you hear most? What voice are you following today? Do you hear God's voice of justice and compassion? That's his voice. Are you listening to make sure that others, children, families have food and homes and the sick are cared for, the uninsured don't have to be scared? Are you hearing God speak that justice isn't about punishment? that the voice of justice speaks restoration and hope and celebration, and not just into your life, but into this whole world. And God wants to speak that to you and then through you, to us and through us. Do you hear his voice in the sounds of liberation and hope? Are you really listening to that? If your heart moves towards that voice, then you're not going to live with fear and suspicion won't shape your world. It really seems to me that if you're listening to the voice of love and hospitality and generosity and justice, compassion, creation, hope, that nothing in this whole world will be able to snatch you away. Nothing will be able to knock you down or tear you up or turn you around. It simply can't be done because nothing can separate you from the grace and love of God through Jesus. 
That, that's what Scripture teaches, and I believe that. Do you believe that? Hey, and by the way, I want to thank Pastor John Lance for some of his thoughts on all of this today. It really helped me put words to much of my own thinking. Now, how do we test the voices we're hearing? How do we know if this really is God's voice or just a good idea? How do we know that it's good news and not just a good idea? What are some practical steps in learning to listen better and be confident that we're hearing God's voice? And that's what's shaping our life and our day and our world and our words. Here's a few thoughts. First, does what you're hearing line up with the words, ways, and works of Jesus? When you're praying and asking God for guidance or his insights into something, does it line, what you think you're hearing, does it line up with Jesus and the way he lived in his words? Does it square with the actual scripture, the full story found in the Bible? Not talking about proof texting here, but as we get to know and live within God's full, big story, does what you're hearing from God Does the direction you feel like he's leading you, the choices you're trying to make and you want God's wisdom and understanding, does it line up with that full story? Is that how God is? Is that what he's always been up to and how he treats his people? These are are some ways to help us know, am I hearing God here or is this just me? Or is this fear? Or is this something I heard on TV or whatever? When you pray and you listen to the Spirit, do you feel calm and peaceful or do you feel uncertain and full of fear and like it's all on you I gotta pick right I gotta guess right if you start to move toward a particular voice or action do you feel at peace you will with God's voice you will as you learn to listen as you attune to his voice Here's another, here's another way that's really served me well is when I'm trying to hear God's voice or test a particular voice to see, is that God speaking? Is what do other Christians say? Do other believers and friends, people close to me, affirm after praying and looking at the word that, yeah, that, that sounds like God. I do this with Tina all the time, of course. She's my wife. And it's one of God's biggest blessings throughout our whole marriage is when we both are praying for something and we hear very, very similar words from dad. When God speaks really similar things to us, or we both have a really great sense of peace and calm about a decision we've both come to. And you get to do this in community as well. I know a lot of us, were afraid of that. We, we fear letting our redemption show or the fact that we're trying to discern something. Everybody feels like they have to know and have the right answer for everything. But what a, what a gentle, beautiful way of hearing God's voice is to do it together. Here's another thing that can really help. I was kind of alluding to this in my own life with this media fast is turning off voices that you know are not in line with Jesus' voice. I've had shows, TV shows, that I've had to actually quit watching because of such snarkiness and negativity criticisms and critical nature about it or just dark and angry all the time what you know those are not voices that are in line with what jesus is saying and when i wonder well why am i having a hard time hearing his voice it's like well how many hours have you been binging that see constantly bombarding ourselves with negativity and strife only produces more of that in life and it makes it harder and harder we get more and more tone deaf to god's voice it's okay to turn some of that stuff off here's a quick sort of A-B comparison 
between God's voice and the enemy's voice. Because remember, we do have a very real enemy. Satan is real. Now, he's not omnipresent. He's not everywhere. But there are legions of fallen angels that there are there to distract and destroy and kill and they're deceivers and that's very very real if you don't believe in any of that i'd say have you not read the new testament here's a quick comparison between god's voice and the enemy's voice god's voice calms us but the enemy causes us to obsess over things we're obsessing. You got to worry about that. Are you choosing right? Are you making the right decision? Because it all do to be, do to be, right? You got to make sure you choose right. God's voice comforts where the enemy brings worry. Well, what if I choose this and it doesn't go well? Maybe I don't, maybe I could hedge my bet or whatever. God's voice convicts, brings light where Satan condemns. It's an attack on who we are, our identity, not on just our choice, but now, well, if you do that, you suck. That's not God's voice. That's the enemy when you hear things like that. God's voice enlightens, whereas the enemy confuses. It's a big part of his tactics to confuse us. And by the way, I'm just, as I'm thinking out loud here, uses media and TV shows and all that other stuff to do that. God's voice leads us and asks questions and invites us into relationship. The enemy pushes us pushes us out on our own. You can do this. Go. It's you. It's up to you. You can do this. God's voice is love. His voice has power. His voice can bring us healing. His voice is a voice of wisdom. God's voice produces joy in our lives and in the lives of others, our kids, our family, our neighbors. Learning to discern and listen to God's voice is a big part of us growing in our gospel fluency and making disciples. And just like any language, this will take practice. The practice of intentionally listening and then practice speaking so that like our brother Jesus, we can say, I only speak what I hear the Father speak. I love the way the, the message translation puts John 12 this way. It says, the Father told, this is Jesus speaking, the Father told me what to say and how to say it. And I know exactly what his command produces, real and eternal life. He says, that's all I have to say. What the Father told me, I tell you. I want to be like that. I want to be that certain of God's voice and his fluency. And I want that eternal, peace-filled, shalom life that Jesus promises. Not just for me, but through me to others. And if you're interested in growing in that, that's going to take intention. Gospel fluency in everyday life takes intention. I've mentioned this before. That's a big part of what we teach and train in coaching with people. Discipleship happens as we hear God's voice and speak truth and the good news of who he is, what he's accomplished through Christ, and what he says is now true of us, and we live out of that, helping others do that. That's what discipleship's all about. Again, I'd love to be able to help you with that if you're interested. Check out our coaching page over there at everydaydisciple.com forward slash coaching. But hear this, regardless if you want to get in touch or not. Practicing listening prayer is a big deal. Spending time not just filling God up with a bunch of tasks, but spending time working, learning to hear his voice, listening intentionally. In our communities, we talk about this rhythm of listening where 
we, we get to come to God with our petitions and our needs and all, but practicing five to 10 minutes a day of just listening to God. And when I start to fill in the blanks, because I'm not used to it, so, oh, Lord, Father, I'm listening. I'm listening. And just wait and listen to what God has to say to you. Ask God a question and then listen. That's what we do with people we love and we're in relationship with. Our prayers should not be one-way barrages towards God where we don't listen. Just think about that. In a prayer relationship, in a relationship with God, the God of the universe, with Jesus himself, by his spirit, who should be doing most of the listening? It should be me. It should be us. Well, as always, I want to sort of summarize some of this for you, the big three takeaways from today's topic. So uh, if nothing else, you don't want to miss these, or if you're at the gym or out running or driving or whatever, you can get a printable PDF of the big three from today as a free download by going to everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three, B-I-G three, and go ahead and download these. Here's the big three for this episode and stick around. Then I'm going to, I have another something to think about segment for you. Here's the big three for today's episode. Number one, many voices are out there competing for your attention and they're happy to tell you who you are and what you need to do in life. Be aware that you don't live in a vacuum and vast amounts of money and effort are spent to make sure you hear those voices. On the other hand, God's voice has been described as a whisper or a still small voice. Are you actively listening to Jesus? Here's number two. Jesus has promised that listening to and following his voice is the surest way to be kept from the world snatching away your joy and salvation and eternity now in this life. If you want more of that, listen to Jesus' voice. If you feel like you've got a great lack, listen to Jesus' voice. He's not saying that that's dependent on you. That's on him. But if you're not listening to his voice, you may be confused or fooled by other voices and choose ways for yourself that are outside of his will for your life and maybe for others. And number three, start to practice listening prayer. Set aside time to just listen to God's voice. Don't pull out your to-do list for God. Just listen. I think you will be surprised what you hear. Try posing more of your prayers as questions, not commands or orders to God, and then listen expectantly. Remember, our dad loves us. Find other believers who you know also listen to and hear God's voice and submit your concerns and questions and decisions to them as well. Ask them to listen with you, pray with you. We're all better listeners and have more wisdom together than alone. And remember, together we are the body of Jesus. Not alone, but together. I hope that encourages and equips you. Now, before we wrap up today, here's another segment, something to think about. Brand new, second one I've ever done, but here's a few things to think about. I'm just trying to always, in this segment, point out some things that, what, or why do we think that? Where did that come from? Here's today's something to think about. Why is it when we teach our kids Bible stories that we generally make the jacked up people in those stories the hero? Think about we teach Noah and the ark, kids, and if you trust God, see if you obey God, bad things won't happen to you either. Well, listen, Noah wasn't the hero of that story. God was. Noah, right after he comes off the ark, plants a vineyard, gets naked and drunk. I don't think he's the hero. 
Or we'll tell our kids stories of David, David and Goliath or King David. You mean the adulterer murderer? But we'll be like, well, see, David trusted God. And if you trust, if you trust God, honey, then you can slay the giants in your life. And you, you will win. See, you want to win, right? No, no, God was the hero of that story. Or Moses. We make Moses into a hero a lot. No, that guy was a murderer and afraid a lot. God is the hero of every story. So why so often do we teach these stories and make those characters the hero? Hmm, that's something to think about. Okay, that's it for this edition of the Everyday Disciple Podcast. Thanks for being with me. I hope you'll join me next week. I'm going to talk about seven community relationship killers, things that will destroy community, but how we can avoid them. I hope you'll join me for that. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us today. For more information on this show and to get loads of free discipleship resources, visit everydaydisciple.com. And remember, you really can live with the spiritual freedom and relational peace that Jesus promised every day. 